Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We are so glad to have you here for show number 221 because it is Valentine's Day next week, this weekend, and we've got the perfect Valentine's show because our good friend and wine expert Mark Burrell is back with us today, and he will be telling us all about great wines for Valentine's Day. So is it fair to say that some wines are maybe more romantic than others? Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. Uh, that one's blushing. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm ching. Okay, it is a we've set the bar so high now. <laughs> I'm sorry. How, how can I get around? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Champagne obviously is 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 the the, the ultimate romantic. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I didn't bring champagne today because I wanted to kind of give you a plan B. A lot of people think a lot of uh, things about champagne that we can certainly talk about, but. Uh, uh, it's it's in my heart, and it kind of saddens me that it's not here today. But I wanted to make sure that we talked about some things that are other than I still remember the champagne that you brought. I think it was the very first time you were on the show. And then I was able to order it. I took my wife uh, for dinner at the Rainbow mm-hmm. Lodge, which is where you handle all the wines, and and we ordered it, ordered a bottle of it there. That's just, that's just an outstanding. It was it was the Ridgeview. It was um, a British British Barclay. Yes, yeah. yes, and it was mm-hmm. wonderful. So uh, so remember, if you're thinking about a champagne for uh, you know for Valentine's Day or, or going out for wine. Valentine's uh, dinner, yeah, sparkling wine, of course. Uh, then that's a good one to remember because yeah, I great. loved it. So welcome to the show. It's number two twenty one. One, as yeah, I said, halfway to 300. and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers and the people who love them online and starting under 20 bucks. It is MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. Cigars, yes. Um, so it's going to be a great show. I see we've got a white and a blush and a red. So we'll look forward to yep. finding out about those, tasting them. And I'm assuming these are all... Wines that you have available and on the menu at Rainbow Lodge. At uh, Rainbow right? Lodge, right. Yeah. Okay, so we are uh, finally experiencing, winter has finally arrived here in Houston, Texas. It's going to be here for almost a week, I and, think. And I think that it's supposed to snow next week. Which Now, I know that, that our friends who are listening from other parts of the country have absolutely no pity on us, and I understand that. <laughs> but I would ask you for one thing. As someone who's lived in you know, Boston, Massachusetts, and Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C., where there was plenty of snow every winter, um, you please at least feel bad for me if I have to drive during snow in Houston, Texas, with people who have no oh, idea man. how to drive during snow. You know, it's a, few like, years, a few years back when it snowed and actually stuck <clears throat> to the ground, which is very rare around here, mm-hmm. I remember uh, driving home from work and there was snow on the on the roads, and we're not prepared for it all. Like most places, just they go salt truck the roads and everything's done, and you don't even have to think twice about it, right? Or sand the roads or whatever they're uh, using. Uh, well, Houston's not prepared for that, and every single overpass had tire tracks that went and bounced off the rails. You yeah, could see I know. it. You can see mean, what had happened, yeah. And and people, you know, it's it's not that difficult to learn to drive in snow and ice, but if it's just something you never have to deal with, it's really hard right at first. There, that's you true. Know? But also, don't go so fast. Right. 
Like, don't go so fast and don't make sudden movements. Yeah, yeah. If you slam on the brakes, you are not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a general rule for That's driving no in the snow. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, so uh, I'll be staying home on Monday uh, <laughs> when the snow's supposed to hit. Uh, but I'm I'm interested. And actually, before we get to uh, what we're going to do in the show, Mark, we were talking about this just a little bit before the show came on. Um, how are things for Rainbow Lodge in this, you know, we're up to a year now. Isn't it about a year yeah. from when things started it shutting down? It was March down? the 18th. All right, so we're about a month so away from, from a year uh, that things started shutting down. And, of course, there's been some level of reopening, and then it ticked back a little bit. How are you guys doing during the pandemic? Doing okay. Um, there's there's a lot of people out there who aren't as, as fortunate, and, um, and so we're thankful about that. But we're at 50% capacity. We always have been when we will for the foreseeable future. Um, tables are spread out six feet apart. There's not a table that you can't sit at. In other words, we didn't leave some tables in there. With a little sign on them yeah. that says, please don't sit here. The, right? the, it's a tease. And <laughs> That's it's, a yeah. much nicer way yeah. to do it. Is just take them away and make it look nice with less tables. Well, and of course, Rainbow Lodge is one of those Restaurants that's you know nice enough that the tables aren't bolted to the floor. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that going for, you have that going for you too. Yeah, you know our servers our servers are wearing masks. Um, uh, there's hand sanitizer everywhere. Mm -hmm. We're um, we're taking this real seriously. You can't sit at the bar. Right. <clears throat> um, but we have plenty of tables. The bar's been newly renovated, and so there's plenty of <clears throat> excuse me tables in the bar area mm -hmm. um, that you can sit at um, and uh, reservations aren't terribly difficult to, difficult to get perhaps not this weekend <laughs> right, but, right. I'm, uh, I'm assuming that valentine's day you're just yeah. slammed you're already booked yeah right? but yeah. you know um we we were doing some interesting things we've got some valentine's um to go there's a whole um uh dinner for two that you can get that includes um, a bottle of champagne and some little um, some little lavender uh, bubble bath and ah, some nice. really fun wow. some fun things. We can even handle the flowers for you. Wow, <clears throat> that's cool. Well, you guys got real creative though mm -hmm. with your to go or or uh, I think I think you were doing pickup right. You'd have everything ready, <laughs> yeah. pull right up into that little uh, driveway area in the that's front right. of the restaurant. And so historically, we go, would right? have <clears throat> we'd have a few hundred people in once a month to do a wine tasting. Right. Well, we can't. That do that anymore. So what mm -hmm. we do is we offer um, these four half bottles, um, uh, and it changes every week. And the chef pairs a different um, uh, little bite with each one of the bottles. Nice. Half bottle gives you two glasses. It's a kit for two. It's uh, ninety bucks. They go and sell on on, the, on our website on Friday mornings uh, at ten o'clock, and they sell out on fr by Friday afternoon. So Friday morning is the time to go. Friday morning and, you and get on yeah. um, and. And if you subscribe to our email blast, then you get a kind of a sneak peek as to what it is that that is on the in the kit. That it's four half bottles, four little four little nibbles. Buy it Friday morning. You pick it up Wednesday afternoon, and enjoy it at home. Um, the wine tasting kit at home, and that's uh, awesome. That makes a stable uh, Wednesday evening, right? Yes, it when does. We, we do have lots of people who get it every week, yeah, and it's their that's date night. Great, I love nice. it. And you know, it's getting creative is what has helped the most, I think, for, mm -hmm. whether it's restaurants or distilleries or crap breweries, uh, what, whatever it is, the ones that have done the best seem to be the ones that have gotten creative during yeah. this time and, and given people a reason. Well, we haven't been than, around 45 years for nothing. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. And it's, and it's, you know, it's such a beautiful and picturesque location. It's going to be a great place to come and sit outside once the mm -hmm. weather warms up a little bit. So. Well, we'd love to have you guys back to well, do the show. And, and we should plan on doing that because that was such a great experience. Yeah, we had a there. blast. That yeah. Was fun. yeah. I know we, we showed up that day to talk, talk to Mark about wines, 
but we he had a, a buddy there that was from uh, Treaty Oak, uh, from Treaty Oak, and we wound up talking about whiskey the whole time. <laughs> uh, but it was just it was just one of those great kind of casual afternoons. And it was, I recently visited show. A treaty, the Treaty Oak folks up over in uh, Central Texas, and we reminisced about that. It was a fun day. It was great. It was a very fun day. Well, thank you for coming back to sure. the show. This is the perfect time to have you on. And in addition to these three wines that Marcus brought in that we'll be talking about and sampling, uh, we also have some interesting beers on tap today. Not on tap, but you know, on tap on for the tap. show. It's a it's it's an expression. Air quotes on tap. <laughs> from uh, True Respite Brewing Company, and you can see it moving around a little on Cousin Twirly gig there. Um, we have their Fox Keller Pilsner. They are from Durwood, Maryland. Isn't Durwood? Samantha's mom always yes. called uh, Darren on Bewitched. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I, don't ask me why I remember that, but when I, when I first saw that, I'm not familiar. I lived in Maryland. I'm, I'm not familiar with Durwood, but apparently there's quite a bit of noise and talk about True Respite Brewing, and so we're going to be trying one of their Pilsners today and looking forward to that. From uh, Bulletin, California, Firestone Walker Brewing Company, a very special Firestone Walker today. It's in a, a bottle with a cork and the little uh, champagne stuff style uh, cage on top mm-hmm. of the cork. Uh, it is their Breta Tangerine. It's a Berliner Weiss with tangerine. Well, you know, Firestone Walker is awesome. They, no they really what. can do virtually no wrong, yeah. those guys. They're just, they're so good. So, look, but usually Firestone Walker comes in cans. Yeah. And in this case, it's in one of those sort of fancy bottles. There are, there so. are a good number of breweries in Santa Barbara County, aren't there? There really are. Yeah. In fact, uh, you can almost start up in uh, up in uh, Seattle, Washington and go all the way down the coast to Mexico mm. on the West Coast and it's just, there are so many great creative mm. craft breweries in that whole area. Bilton's such a fun place and there's lots of wineries around there too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of those great areas of California that is a little bit away from the big cities yeah. and is fun to, uh, fun to explore. So uh, we'll look forward to exploring the bread of tangerine here on the program. And then from uh, right up the street from us in Katy, Texas, No Label Brewing has uh, released something called Perpetual Peace. It's a barrel-aged wee heavy. I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. Now, Ian, explain to people what a wee heavy actually is. It's a Scottish ale. It's just, yeah, it's, but... But being barrel aged is going to have so more nuance. So, a Scottish ale is right? very malty ale. Uh-huh. Very malty. Uh, the hops is just there to cut some of the sweet on the finish for the most part and add a little bit of brightness to the flavor. But it's very malty. Generally darker in color. Not super dark always, but generally kind of a dark amber to uh, to brown. Yeah. Uh, and, depending on it. And No Label is a very creative brewery. I love the Ridgeback Red. Yes. That is such yes, a yes. great beer. Just, just very. Like uh, very flavor forward, yeah. very uh, very hearty. Uh, really like that. So most of the times, if you barrel age something, you're going to pick up a little uh, darker color from the mm-hmm. barrel as right, well. So. Right, and probably some um, some oaky and wood oh, type definitely of, of flavors, yes. bourbonish flavors too. So mm-hmm. uh, so we'll look forward to that. That's going to be good. Uh, drinking news will return today, as it uh, nearly always does. We have a, a kind of a double whammy for drinking news, but our our teaser headline for today. For drinking news, because it comes up later in the show, so we like to tease you. The teaser headline is, not available at MyCigarShirts.com. <laughs> not available. Nice. Not available. So there's your there's your teaser. Um, we have uh, some new cigars to watch for that are gonna about to hit the market that are fairly interesting. We'll tell you about those. And there's a new cigar bar that has opened with the greatest name ever. 
and we'll share that with you on the Ooh. program as well. So uh, a lot more if we have time to get to it, but I'm really excited about uh, the wine tasting. And all I can see from my angle here is the back of the bottle, so I'm really intrigued uh, <laughs> to be able to get to that. Um, been a crazy week. I did as much as I could to enjoy the warm weather because I knew it was about to uh, go away. And uh, so I've had a chance to sit outside and enjoy a cigar, too. How about you, Ian? Anything interesting? I did. I did. I, you know, I, I've been uh, on my patio the last few weeks, but this week I decided to go up to the Casa um, and, and find something new and interesting. And I wandered around for a little bit, and I found myself a Rocky Patel Quarter Century. Ah, the Quarter Century. Have you seen this one? I have. Uh-huh. I hadn't tried one at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as I know, it's pretty new, right? It's, uh, I believe so. It's been out yeah. for, for a little while, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a fairly recent <clears throat> one uh, celebrating, I guess, the quarter century that Rocky Patel Cigars has been around. Yeah, so, so I picked up the uh, 5.5 by 50 Robusto, uh, Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Honduran binder, and Nicaragua, plus other undisclosed fillers on this. Um <laughs> The appearance, rustic brown, veiny, leathery, medium firmness, uh, quarter century label, and 25th anniversary label with the Rocky Patel on it. It's mm-hmm. pretty nice. Nice yeah. looking it cigar. Is, I, a lot of these uh, numbered year special anniversary type cigars that, that he releases have got just the classiest packaging yeah, on them. He's, They're just really well done. And, and, that's, and this, was, this was no exception. The cigar itself looked great. The pre-light sniff on this, I didn't find it to have a very strong aroma on the sniff. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of barnyard, a little tea leaves, some spices. Uh, not a whole lot of real definite things going on, but it smelled pleasant. Uh, the pre-light draw on this, I used a clip. It had an effortless draw, very creamy, sweet, a little bit of fig kind of in the <clears> background, <throat> hay, wood, and salt is kind of what I got out of it. Also left a very tangy, uh, tangy flavor on the lips. The initial light on this tangy, salty, woody, slightly acidic start with a little pepper in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Uh, I don't know if I loved the initial light on it, but it was an interesting initial light. Okay. It almost immediately settled down. Uh, the tanginess settles into a salty, woody flavor, followed by sweet nuttiness, hints of dark fruit and coffee. The retrohale was very complex um, and pleasant with woody, nutty, and uh, brighter fruit flavors. Solid ash perfect burn mm. the second third of this overall flavors evolve closer to the retro hail getting some of those uh fruitier things sweet and nutty very woody baking spices i put in parentheses cinnamon nutmeg question mark um a little bit indeterminate medium uh strength overall bright fruit zest and salty toffee towards the end uh, of the palate uh, and pepper uh, with a slight uh, pepper and a uh, slight coffee aftertaste overall. Solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this, um, all those brighter, zestier flavors came to the front. The orange, uh, definitely cinnamon and nutmeg uh, became identifiable in the um, in the flavors. Salt, toffee, and wood are ever present. Pepper is pleasant, never overwhelming. Tangy sweetness on the lips. Solid ash, perfect burn. $12.50 for this cigar. This is yeah. a pricey cigar. Absolutely solid, though. Uh, it's it's what I expect from Rocky Patel. I give it a solid five, mm-hmm. uh, which means you get exactly what you're paying for with this cigar, and I'll go buy more because I, I really appreciate the flavors. You, you described a lot of different flavors that you were it kind a of lot pulling of out of there. So that's, that, that's a complexity that you really kind of expect a cigar in that price range to have. Yes. You know, uh, it, it's fine if you smoke something a little less expensive and 
it doesn't have as much going on as long as those things are very pleasant. Yes. But when when you're paying $12 and up for a cigar, you really do expect quite a bit of complexity. Mm -hmm. It sounds like this one delivered. This one uh, delivered. And uh, here's the craziest thing. Uh, a five and a half by uh, 50. It was a 40-minute smoke. Oh. It went by a lot faster than I thought. I was expecting another 20 minutes out of a cigar that size, but it burned pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's neither here nor there. Uh, it didn't burn too hot or anything like that. It burned, you know, it burned great. So, uh, but not as long a smoke as I expected. That's that's interesting. Are you? Do you find that you know? You mentioned you went to Casa, and I guess you smoked in the in the lounge there. Mm -hmm. uh, do you find that you're uh, forget about when when it's windy outside? But do you find that you get different flavors from a cigar when you're indoors, when you're enclosed, and the smoke lingers around you after you exhale? More so than if you're out on your back patio. I, I realize windy days are different because that makes the cigar burn that's, a little hotter. That's but. an interesting thought because I assume that indoors um, <clears throat> smoking in a lounge where you have other cigar smokes that has to influence your palate to some degree. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just has to. There's well, no I way love, it can't. You know, I love when you first walk into a cigar yeah. lounge if other people are in there smoking and you kind of get to pick up on the the flavors and the notes of, of yeah. what they've been smoking in the room note, you know? So that that has to uh, that has to influence it. And one of the things I was thinking when I was uh, doing the pre-light sniff on the cigars, I was thinking maybe there's too much other stuff going around. That's why I'm not picking up a lot. Right. You know, if I was in a situation where uh, where I had just walked outside by myself and hadn't, you know, any other cigar smoke influence, maybe that that would have, uh, my nose would have picked that up a little better. It's tough to tell. You I know? do most of my smoking outside. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've sometimes noticed, though, whenever I'm at a place where you can smoke indoors, that the flavors seem a little more pronounced to me. Yeah. I was just it might be because of the, because of the secondhand smoke on it that, yeah. that you're experiencing that you don't experience as much, especially right. because uh, on your uh, balcony a lot of times there's a bit of wind. Right. Or at least enough to clear out the area. Right. So you so it doesn't linger for yeah. as long, even if it's not So you're not getting a lot of room note from that cigar. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely right. Um I, I know, though, one of the great things about smoking outside, and this reminds me of when we were having cigars on the back deck there at Rainbow Lounge, when you've got that kind of a view yeah. to take in while you're enjoying a cigar, that adds a whole Everything other... Everything tastes better, right? Yeah, it does, <laughs> with doesn't that, it? The, and it yeah. just adds a whole other thing to it. I really like that, you know? So it's a, so, But, you know, as, as these quote-unquote reviews go, this is more of an experience I'm, I'm expressing rather than a review of... You know how good or bad the cigar right. is. Right, you're just talking how about I what, what it was like when you smoked it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, we're not we're not we're definitely not clinical like the you know some of the review uh, magazines, and we're not smoking, you know, uh, five samples of each one that are unbanded, so we, you know, aren't supposed to know what it is. So it's not, there's there's always going to be some bias. Yours was a Rocky Patel. When I pick up a Rocky, I've got some expectations because of. The ones that I've smoked yeah. in the past, and that might not be the case if you handed it to me without the band on it, and I didn't know what it was. So, uh, so yeah, it's these are not necessarily scientific. It's but but the smoking cigars isn't scientific. Well, that's why our lists are always our favorites instead of the best of. Yeah, there you go. That makes a <laughs> lot of sense. Uh, well, I think Mark has brought in some of his favorites when it comes to wine. We'll get to some of those uh, in the next, I'm or we'll get to the first of those in the next segment. Plus, I'll tell you uh, what I had the opportunity to smoke this week. Something different for me than I was uh, excited to try, so I'll tell you how it went. Uh, that's coming up, plus we have drinking news and uh, the 
Tampa. I, ha- I have to mention it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. How excited and were you? I w- oh, I was beyond excited. <laughs> and uh, so I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so I've, I've been uh, rooting for him since I first was in the same city he was in back when he uh, started in the pros. But um, they did a big victory party with cigars too. So we'll tell you a little yeah. bit about that. Uh, you would expect that in Tampa, Florida, uh, because that's oh, yeah. of all American cities, it's probably the most cigar-oriented city uh, in the U.S. So anyway, we'll get to, we'll tell you a little bit about that, and we'll uh, we'll get some beer tasting as well. I'm anxious to taste this little uh, Fox Keller Pilsner, so we'll do that in the next segment. It's smoking and toasting. We want to say thank you for coming along for show number two twenty-one, and we'll be right back. Smoking and toasting the fine sounds of the suffers, bringing us into this uh, segment. Welcome to it. We are uh, glad to have you here for show number uh, 221. Mark Burrell is our guest. He is our smoking and toasting official wine expert, and he's brought some wines, which we we'll uh talking about awesome. in, in just uh, yeah in, in just a moment. So I am um, <clears throat> I'm excited. Actually, we mentioned a little bit about the. Um, the Rainbow Lodge and how you guys have dealt with the virus, but I'm really excited about the fact that it looks like we might finally be moving in a positive direction. I think so, yeah. I think some of the bad numbers were down last month. Hopefully that's not in front of Mark's uh, head. That's kind of in uh, front of his face, so yeah. I was just moving <laughs> so, it. Okay. Nobody uh, needs to see me. Some of the uh, some of the numbers were down <laughs> we're... last week, and, you know, vaccinations are slow, but they're coming. And so I'm just, I'm excited about getting back to live music. I'm excited about, you know, getting back to going out. The idea, it's been, think about this, other than, you know, restaurants, places like Rainbow Lounge, it's been over a year since I've been to a bar. Just like, you know, go in, sit down at the bar, order something to drink, and, you know, uh-huh. chat up the person next to you. You know, it's just, it just doesn't really happen it's right tough. now. It's tough. And it's, it, it's, it's a social it's sad. thing. Absolutely. And it's, and you know, it's half of the business is, is uh, being able to provide that kind of that service and, and it's hard not to be able to do that but it, you know people are are morphing mm. and being creative in yeah, different ways yeah i just miss that you know where you sit down you order something and the bartender maybe takes notice of what you ordered and says have you ever tried this and you know brings and then you're like no I ha-. and then so then you try something new. and it, th- that's just to me that sort of social aspect of being able to go yes. out and drink is what i remember i remember you and i were downtown at um um uh, what is it? Reserve 101. Yeah. And we were talking to the bartender, and she's like, oh, have you tried this uh, this Slane Irish whiskey? We're like, no, no. And she poured it, and we were like, whoa. You know? Yeah. And it and it was like a bottle you can go and buy for like under $25 in the in the store. It's just I like, also love those the are those great yeah, moments. The interaction you know? with the employees, the bartenders, the serving staff, when they're excited about a certain thing, they're like, mm-hmm. well, if you're asking me, you should totally try it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It it, it really is awesome. So uh, so I'm looking forward to the return of that and just, you know. Which is which is a beautiful thing, by the way, because that is this man's job. Right, right. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, if you think about it, it, it is. I mean, it's his job to know enough about these things so that if I say, Look, I really like, you know, uh, a champagne that's dry and not too sweet, or something sparkling. And you can and you can say, well, we have one I think you would like, and and steer us in that direction. I mean, that's that's the whole social aspect of your that's job. That's right. And, you know, and, and fortunately, we're still able to do that to an extent. Sure, right. You know, people will uh, will ask for different recommendations, and that's the that's the fun part of my job is being able to 
expose people right. to different, new and different things. And, and pick up on new and different things. Actually, I would think the most fun part of your job is when you get exposed to those new and different things <laughs> when you're visiting a winery. People, or, uh, people tell me all the time, you have the best job. Well, somebody's got to do it. You uh, know? I'm still upset with my guidance counselor in high school <laughs> yeah. because this was never presented as a potential option. Are you kidding me? They never mentioned it. Well, uh, you know, I got out of radio to do this. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, so that means you did two things right. Yeah, Let me tell right. you, as somebody with a background in radio, you did two things right. Uh, well, I smoked something interesting this week, Ian. I wanted to tell you about this. Uh, this was my first time to have one of these. Uh, you're familiar with 601 cigars? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I smoked the 601 Snake Bite Churchill. Oh. And uh, it's a, a very uh, pretty cigar. It's got a, a dark brown wrapper with some like embedded black tones that, that kind of give it a, an interesting color and, and look. A really sharp, uh, sharp looking gold band. The wrapper is an Ecuadorian Sumatra. And it's got Nicaraguan binder and fillers grown in the volcanic soil near Esteli. It looks beautiful. Um, Eric Espinosa is the mastermind behind 601 Cigars. And he's had plenty of high ratings and been included on the year-end top uh, cigar list. So my expectations were reasonably high for this one. Didn't get much on the pre-light. You mentioned that with your cigar, too. Uh, just for whatever reason... You know, some standard tobacco flavors, a little bit of a hint of leather and some earth, but it wasn't. You know, some cigars, when you first, like, put them to your nose yeah, or take that first pre-light of... draw, there's all that flavor. This one was, was, you know, just not quite as pronounced. But once I get the uh, cigar lit, I got this very nice leathery hello, which I really mm -hmm. uh, enjoyed. Uh, I knew that the tobacco was Nicaraguan, so I was expecting... The more the first to be blast, pepper. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't so much. It was more uh, uh, more leather uh, and a little bit of saltiness. I thought it was interesting. You had uh, a sort of salty caramel you ah. mentioned on your cigar. So uh, some saltiness and uh, and a slight bitter note on the tongue, but bitter in a positive way. It wasn't unpleasant. You know, like a good you know bitter beer mm -hmm. that that sort of a that sort of a vibe. Uh, kind of danced on the tongue and it was really nice. About a half an inch in. Uh, the snake bite really kind of established itself. The flavors got a lot bolder. There was more of the leather for sure, some espresso and cocoa notes to it. And then uh, the second third uh, got a little spicier. Uh, the black pepper kind of started to establish itself on the tongue, which I expected more of in the beginning, mm -hmm. but it, it took until the second third for it to really show up. The leather was on the retrohale uh, by this time, and it was uh, it was really flavors were complementing each other uh, quite well on this cigar. Uh, the snake bite started out on what I'd say is the lighter side of medium, um, kind of somewhere in between um, a light and a medium, but by the final third, it had definitely ramped up a bit. I, I'd definitely say medium full. Mm -hmm. It was the Introduction of that pepper that really kind of, really kind of took it, it to the, the next, yeah, 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 took it to the next level. Um, it became more dominant, and at that point, the profile was very much like what I would expect from Nicaraguan uh, tobacco, which I really like. So, um, I did have a little piece of the wrapper uh, that wanted to peel away near the head of the cigar. It might have been with how I punched it. I might have done that inadvertently, but it didn't impede, it wasn't enough to impede the enjoyment. I just kind of laid it back down and smoked it anyway. And the uh, burn 
on the cigar was almost razor perfect nice. the whole way. I mean, just slightly less than an absolute straight line. Uh, but absolutely no problems, no relight, no tunneling, no canoeing, any of that stuff. It was very, very easy uh, to smoke. And um, I'll give it very high marks for construction, even with the little uh, loose uh, piece. So the Snake Bite was an $8 cigar. And I felt like it smoked exactly like an $8 cigar should. It was wonderful. I recommend it highly. Big thumbs up. Solid five in price to quality. And it's nice to find cigars that are under $10 that deliver as well as I feel like uh, mm -hmm. that one did. I'm not saying it smoked like a $12 cigar, but it was definitely worth the 8 bucks. So. So there you go. My and you, Two solid you might fives be able to, today. Yeah, you might be able to find them for a little less than that and, you know, in some packs and stuff uh, online or when there's a special going on at your favorite cigar store. Uh, but but it's definitely worth the 8 bucks at, at full price, for sure. So, yeah, two solid yeah, fives two solid today fives. on the, uh, on like the price that. to quality scale, like which basically is a 1 to 10. And, and 5 is exactly what you pay for. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm pretty sure we're not going to be disappointed with any of the wines that Marcus brought. <laughs> All the cigar talk if, is making me thirsty. Yes, if, if, uh, if experience serves, uh, the man knows what he's doing. So, uh, so Mark, are we starting with the white? Starting with the white. So tell us about this one. So this is... <clears throat> this is and why is it great for Valentine's Day? Well, I, I, I think that um, it's you need something for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> this is a crowd pleaser. It's a, um, it's a varietal called Viognier. Um, Viognier. Viognier. Now, I'm not familiar with so Viognier. So Viognier comes from originally comes from the Rhone Valley. It's it's a um, uh, in, in the in the in, eastern side of France. In, in traditional France uh, fashion, Viognier is spelled V I O G N I E R. Oh, of course, of course, because that's just that's how so they you do know it. what you're looking for. Because if you're looking for something spelled phonetically Viognier, it's nothing like is that. It's the wine geek spelling B word. Anyone <laughs> ever come in and say, "I want to try some of that Voigner? Voigner. <laughs> Voigner. No, you know, and I think what we, we found is that if you can't pronounce it, oftentimes they stay away from it. <laughs> that makes sense. So, <laughs> I even try to live by that as much as possible. So, uh, so, um, so Viognier. Yeah, Viognier. Um, I, um, uh, I, I chose this because it's a it's kind of a crowd pleaser. It's 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 perfect food wine. This um, uh, works really great with mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of everything. You can have some right. some either some um, as heavy as some grilled meats with this, but it, it excels with some lighter things. Um, and it has kind of a um, uh, a floral nose to it. It really has kind of that almost oh, really honeysuckle does. kind yes. of yes. yes. Thing you get out of it, and and which kind of gives you an idea of of what you're going to get out of this. Some mm -hmm. Viognier can go slightly sweet. Some of them can go can be a bit bolder and 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 drier. This is just heavier, maybe than medium bodied. Um, and and it, like I said, I think it goes great with everything. You're getting a lot of stone fruit mm -hmm. um, in the mouth uh, on the palate on this, and I think it's really wonderful. I don't think I've ever eaten a stone fruit, but I've I've. Had that flavor in enough different wines that I kind of know. Yeah, what it is. you know, you yeah. have a nectarine or a peach. You know, it's that that kind of that kind of thing that you get out of that. Mm. It still has a, that really bright acidity. It really does. It's it's very <clears throat> it's very much more like a, a, a Pinot Grigio or something like that than it is like a Chardonnay. Yeah, it's maybe not, not the, as dry. It's, yeah. but, but it's interesting how this sits on the very front of the tongue. And, and, and give it a second. 
<laughs> and it moves and it moves to the back. And but that's the interesting thing about this. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this because it because it is so complex and it's different. It's and it's not very expensive on the list at, at the lodge. It's forty three dollars. Um, and you might be able to find this um, retail-wise. Oh, I should also mention that anything on, in, a, in our cellar, if you take it unopened to go, is 15% off. Oh, nice. So you can yeah. even get this a little a little less. But but that, that acidity and it mixes with the, just that, that sweet-ish kind of fruit mm-hmm. on it, that sweet tart. It's it's really complex. Yeah. It's, not a, it, uh, it creates, it's not a one or two-note thing. It creates kind of a warm finish to it mm-hmm. as well that I wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm. and that's the weight, because it's not a light wine, but it is. But it's light enough that it'll. But it's it's, it's happy re- with seafood and. Right, I was to say it's pretty refreshing, even though it's not super light. It's just nice and um, uh, nice and easy on the palate. Yeah, and I think it's it. We're fortunate now that it's been it's been in the glass here for a bit and it's warmed up considerably. But even at just colder than room temperature. Um, I think this is a, a, a brilliant um, way to serve it as well. Now, I'm I'm just one of those people who drinks everything as cold as I possibly can. I don't do that necessarily with red wine, but when it comes to white, I like to take it, you know, literally right out of the cooler and drink it cold. But white, like red, does kind of open up and show you more flavor if you let it warm a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the, the, the rule is the, the bigger the wine white wine mm-hmm. um the warmer it should be not warm obviously and not not room temperature something cool, cooler than that but something super light like pinot grigio or champagne mm-hmm. or sauvignon blanc you'd want that a little bit colder as as you get a bit heavier a bit heavier in the in the wine well then you want it to kind of sit out a little bit chardonnay is a great example of that and these rhone varietals are perfect for for that kind of thing let it sit put it in a big glass um, mm-hmm. And you let those aromas kind of kind of move about, and it's it's uh, it's great. I love this wine. This is I think from, I mean uh, I, love, uh, yeah, I love the aftertaste that's just yes. lingering going mm-hmm. on it's, here. It's like, so this is like a, intriguing and and still very complex in on the palate, even well after you've set the glass down and and, and that, that yeah, floral and note that you're talking about just leaves right that side of the mm-hmm. yeah yeah it just leaves that hint. Like in the in, in the nose and everything else, it's so nice. It's it's made in a really interesting way too. They 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 do what's called whole cluster press. In other words, they'll take the whole bunch of grapes with the stems and the the skins and the seeds and everything, and not pull them apart. From right, the, and then they'll put that in the press and press it all together. And the skins and the stems give it a little bit more body, a little bit more complexity, mm-hmm. a little bit more structure in the mouth. A little of that of that. Uh, that grit. makes sense. It's because even if you eat a piece of citrus fruit, you get a different flavor. Mm-hmm. If you've got more of the skin and the peel yep. still involved than you do if you go straight to the pulp, it's well, it's really good. And I'll say, you know, I'm, I, I, I know I'm breaking some wine aficionado rules, but at home, I do have a tendency to take the box right out of the refrigerator and pour from it. So uh, <laughs> the box, <laughs> I love how you stuck that in there. Uh, no, but seriously, this really is nice, warmed up. And and if I'd bought a bottle of this, I probably wouldn't have let it sit and get a little warmer just because i'm so used to drinking white wine well and then there are certain things like for something like this we'll pull it out of our cooler and it's and it's cold once it hits your table Um, but we'll often say something like we really like the way that this wine warms up if so let's skip the the ice bucket but Mm -hmm. if you find that it's gotten too warm for your taste we're happy to bring it over makes sense makes sense well i really and you said on the menu it's around 40 dollars yeah that's 
that's very reasonable, I think, for something. Yeah, this is from uh, the Minor Family Vineyards, <clears throat> the Minor um, Family Viognier. By the way, I also have. I confirmed this this morning. I have this in two sizes. I've got this in little little baby bottles too. So oh, nice. that's fun. Mm-hmm. And is there any downside to those baby bottles? No, yeah. not at all. I mean, the wine's just as good as if it's in. What we're more used to, the, right? the only thing is it ages a little bit differently, but you don't want this to age very long at all. Right. Yeah. I so mean, if you're talking about little bottles of Bordeaux. So if I can draw a, a parallel thing. here, much like lighter beers in general, you don't want to age them. You want to drink them more fresh a lot yeah, of times. absolutely, yeah. Whereas uh, bigger, darker beers, uh, more robust beers will a- actually tolerate aging, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wines are much the same way. Yeah. And well, some and of those bigger, more robust beers are even better if they age. Yeah. Not just tolerating it, but they'll be better, you know, a year or two in. They're not like selling them maybe as long as wines, but right. but they can they can still stand to be cellared and, and even improve with age for a while. But let's take that example to an even further <laughs> step. Would it age? Differently in a in a smaller container as it would in say like a growler or a bigger mm-hmm. bigger bottle. I, I believe I believe there would yeah, be same. Uh, different in in the way the the flavors uh, either mellow or intensify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The same same thing with this. You get a magnum of champagne and you get a little bottle of champagne. Same vintage, same vineyard. It's probably going to taste a little bit different. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, you know the magnum thing is. I always say, oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to do that because. I don't want to, you know, plan to drink that much. And then, you know, w- once you've opened three regular sized bottles, you realize, <laughs> you know, the Magnum would have been just fine. You know? <laughs> you'd have gotten, you'd have been better off. Yeah, I'd been better off and save a little money, maybe. Uh, so, um, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with our resident uh, tequila expert here on the show, uh, Liliana, uh, but she's chimed in on the uh, yeah. on the show notes and said hello and wants you to know she's uh, Carlos Uloa's mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know who Liliana. She's is. Yeah, she's great. We she, love, we love she, having her in the lodge. She's just fantastic. I we we just love her. We had her uh, on the show for the first time last year, and and it was like I, I think we got like more comments on her on the show than uh, anybody that we had as a guest yeah, last year. She's People such just a bright loved star her yeah, personality wise. She's just terrific. So she's on uh, she's on watching us today. Well, I'd there, like to invite so. her back to the lodge, and we can have some tequila together. Oh, she knows her tequila, man. Yeah. She's that sounds so like a place awesome. where we should all be. I think I was going to say, <laughs> can you let us know when that is? Because yep. I'd love to be there. That uh, that would be fantastic. You bet. All right, tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We'll uh, we'll try this uh, Pilsner. I'm really excited about it. We'll try this in the next uh, segment. This is the Fox uh, Pilsner uh, from True Respite, True Respite Brewing. Why can't I say that? True Respite Brewing. <laughs> and uh, we'll try it in the next uh, segment. You're doing smoking and toasting, and we are so glad that you are doing with us. This is just spectacular. It's great. Yeah, really love this. Back at Smoking and Toasting, show number 221. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by our awesome sponsor, MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a site where you can go on if you're a, a cigar lover or you've got one you want to buy something for. Uh, there's great snarky sayings on shirts and T-shirts and sweatshirts. And there's really even, even a cool... Uh, Zip up hoodie that I got from off of there that I just absolutely love. I wear it all the time. I have a picture of me smoking a nub cigar. Yeah, 
where the ash is almost the entire length of the cigar and yeah. still intact. And I totally think we need to put that. Oh, on the if shirt. you've got that picture, we should send it to the guys and have them put it on. That'd be <laughs> awesome. That'd be awesome. Uh, by the way, I mentioned my uh, my pullover. Uh, my, it's not a pullover, but a zip up hoodie. I wore that. You and I were guests yesterday. I don't think it's aired yet, but we it, we filmed and mm-hmm. recorded it yesterday on Chris Hart's Whiskey Neat podcast, and I did wear that uh, shirt. Uh, on that show, and so Chris Hart's our buddy. We'll talk more about that show later, but uh, uh, but we had, had a great time with him. We did. It, it was it was interesting because he he called me. I was driving over. We were supposed to start recording around ten, and he called me on my drive over, and he said, "I'm so sorry. I'm going to be running a couple minutes late." I'm like, "Oh, no problem." You know, I love this. And he says, <laughs> "My wife and I switched cars today. I forgot all my booze was in her car." I've got to stop and buy some stuff for us to taste on the show. <laughs> and I said, of all the people I know, you are the one who probably least needs to go to the liquor store and stock up. Because he's got, you know, probably thousands of bottles imagine. at his house. But anyway, uh, but he bought some wonderful stuff and we had fun tasting it. And uh, and so we encourage you to check out his show. We'll tell you more about that uh, later. Right now I want to get to this uh, to this beer. This is well, just... Well, you don't have to tell me twice. And while you're doing that, by the way, I'll mention that uh, we said Carlos's name. He's uh, he's also watching today, saying hello from the show notes. Hey, and, Carlos. And did you say your sister was on? Uh, yeah, was on? my yeah. sister Jill. So the the red wine that, that we'll taste today is one of her favorites. And, oh. And uh, so <laughs> well, I think she said you're making me want to have uh, uh, lunchtime wine. <laughs> That's what she said it's, in the comments. It's day drinking Soon, time. Jill. And I'll tell you, lunchtime wine is just a wonderful idea. If you haven't done this before, it's a wonderful idea. Um, we are we are big proponents of this. We call that boozy lunch. Boozy lunch. I like it. I like it. <laughs> boozy lunch. And in fact, my sister, what she'll do is she lives a little further east of here toward the Louisiana border. And what she'll do is she'll drive in. And she'll call and she'll say, all right, Mark, it's boozy lunch. She's off on Mondays like I am. <laughs> We're having boozy lunch. And so, okay, let's go have boozy lunch. So with wine being your you know, primary thing, what you do like for a living, for work, mm-hmm. um, when you're going to boozy lunch on a Monday and you're off, are you going to have wine or is that a time that you branch out and do something different? I uh, know. I pretty much have wine. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Champagne, uh, you usually start with champagne and maybe <laughs> another champagne and maybe another one and then... Possibly something. Well, I like your intro. That that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ian, this is from Durwood, Maryland. It is uh, from the True Respite Brewing Company. Uh, have not had one of their beers before, I don't think, but I've heard good things about this brewery. And uh, this is their uh, Keller Pilsner. Uh, There's uh, not a lot of information on here. You've pretty no. much said it all here, uh, except for uh, 5.5% alcohol by volume. It's um, it's pretty gentle on the nose. Not a, not a lot of... Uh, Sometimes Pilsners will have that it's little It's got a very snap. Bavarian hop sweetness yeah, kind of smell to uh, it. It does. And it smells German. And I will admit to being a little bit ignorant about what exactly a Keller Pilsner is, but that's what they describe. I assume it is more, more I assume that's more a German or Bavarian type of uh, word, and it has a, a specific meaning. I don't know, actually. We'll have to look that Whatsoever. up. Maybe OnStar Bruce can, can, help uh, us. can help us with that, or... Uh, or our uh, good buddy Wiki Brian, if he's uh, if he's on the show notes today. So I see you've already sampled. Any uh, opening sampling. thoughts? Um, it's good. Mm. This is um, this to me is what most generic beers want to be, but fall short of substantially. Oh, that's well said. Does that make sense? Yes, I even absolutely. rhymed that. That was pretty nice. Absolutely. I didn't realize until afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, this is, I retro realized the rhyme. This is interesting. Uh, <laughs> That's alliteration, sir. <laughs> this is interesting because it's not the most um, 
Uh, of the Pilsners that we've had, there are some that stand out a little more to me. But there's not, like you said, there's not a thing wrong with this. Like this to me is, is exactly what some Pilsners are trying to be, but yes. not, but not quite getting. Yes, to. this is great uh, flavor. This I wouldn't. I, this is this is just like uh, if you could just have a general label of good beer. Mm-hmm. This should be the picture on it. It should be beer good. Should be the name of it. You know, <laughs> yes. uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Mark? Um, I, not being much of a beer guy, um, I, I appreciate something that's not so over the top and in your face. So mm-hmm. this one works for me. Mm-hmm. That said, if it works for me, there's probably not a lot to it. I, I hear you. I hear you. But to me, this has that that malt backbone mm-hmm. that makes it taste like this tastes like a european beer to me and i mean that yeah, in a good it's way it's very german yeah very german on the nose very german on the flavor and then enough hop snap to mm-hmm. keep there's it a little bit of bitter mm-hmm. on the back end yeah mm-hmm. but not it's not too offensive um i i kind of dig it i mean it, it's like like you said this is if you're drinking a a, a miller light or a budweiser this it's kind of what you wish it tasted like Yes. You know what I mean? It sort of goes in that direction, but doesn't make it all the way. Yeah, this is kind of levels the playing field for <laughs> what you say a Pilsner should be. Yeah. It's agreed. really good uh, in, in that respect. Agreed. Really good. Did you did you catch any of the uh, – there were no Budweiser ads on the Super Bowl. There was Noted. a Bud Light ad where they – It. I actually enjoyed it more than I usually enjoy Bud Light ads. Because what they was did that was the they, one where they brought back yeah. all the – yeah, they all brought the back old. all the old stuff, so you got to see the WhatsApp guy and the uh, which, by the, the way, was yes, probably I their am. funniest yeah, campaign. That and the Yes, I Am, I thought was were some of their better campaigns. But I thought it was interesting that they went down memory lane with that. It really wasn't about the beer. Mostly, they were advertising their hard seltzer. Yeah, their lemonade hard seltzer. What what's your stance on hard seltzer? Oh, right? uh. <laughs> <laughs> enough said. Yeah, well, <laughs> we know where that one's going. Well, you know, uh, who was it? Was it uh, on last week's show when we were talking uh, with um, with our guest, with uh, Chris Morris, who did Chris the Morris, cocktails? Yeah. yeah, he was just saying it's just part of the universe of things you can drink. Yeah, it might not be the sorority girls got to drink something. Uh, there you go. That's perfectly said. That's perfectly said. All What's right. wrong with Zima? We are. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> ask my sister about Zima. That's a long answer. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I've told the story before, but I remember being, you know, uh, being a DJ, going out and doing club gigs when the zima thing hit you would look out across the dance club oh yeah and that's what everybody had Which everybody was, was you know how that like but it went away just as quick that yeah, stuff absolutely. was so carbonized oh. like, it was so bubbly uh, big really fat was. bubbles yeah, yeah. a lot, lot of burping on the well, dance well you floor. know that jolly rancher's got to feed off the you know, bubbles <laughs> you got to put the jolly rancher in <laughs> i love it that's I remember great that. all right i tell you what we're going to take a break i i like this pilsner though i, I this is <laughs> I do uh, too. this is quite I do good too. this is a solid uh, solid pilsner yeah all right so we'll take a break we'll come back we're going to do more wine and our next beer which i'm uh, also really excited about it's from firestone walker it's our breta tangerine berliner weiss so this will be it's not like a fruited sour even though it's got tangerine in it. Now we're going over the top. But, but yeah, but yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I, one. I don't think so. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very drinkable. That's my, that's my guess. I haven't had it before, so we'll see. Uh, that's coming up. Less drinking news is on the way, and um, oh, there's so much more we're gonna tell you about cigars to watch for. There's some really interesting things coming out this week. So, I'll awesome. tell you about that. <laughs>
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are so excited to have you here with us for show number 221. Our guest is Mark Burrell, our resident wine expert here on Smoking and Toasting, and he's brought along. We've only tried one so far, but it was delicious, so I'm excited about getting to getting to this next one as well. Uh, plus the Breda Tangerine from Firestone Walker in this segment. So... Um, I just wish you all were here so we could share this That with bottle you. looks so cool. Yeah, it, it really does. It. Uh, as you uh, probably know by now, you may have heard that Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, won the Super Bowl this last weekend. Uh, and then they uh, sparked up some well-deserved victory cigars in typical uh, Tampa Bay fashion and popped some champagne to go with it. Uh, amongst the cigars at the Buccaneers' victory party... Uh, were Tampa's own Diamond Crown Number Ones nice. from J.C. Newman Cigar Company, right in uh, right in Tampa there, and uh, then uh, defensive end William Goldston was seen smoking a Davidoff Tampa Exclusive Edition ah. to 2021, which was sent by the Davidoff store in uh, Tampa. So uh, one of the interesting things I don't know if you you know sat and watched any of the pregame coverage, but they did an interesting little segment where they went inside a, a cigar factory and uh, Eric Newman of J.C. Newman. Taught the reporter how to roll a cigar by hand. It was it was kind of an interesting, oh, I didn't see any of the interesting segment. Stuff. You can probably find it on YouTube because you can find just about everything I think on uh, on YouTube, including the show. By Even the way, Even things you don't want to yeah, see. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's plenty of those. Oh man, uh, I'll just say, not that it matters, but there is a huge, huge span when it comes to the quality of the cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> some of them are amazing. That's not where I thought you were going with this. And some of them are just not. <laughs> some of them are just not. Like, here's my cat meowing. It's like, what? You know? Uh, you, can, you can really waste a lot of time. You can waste a lot of time with any cat videos. But, have you, have you but seen, some what, what is it, cats that look like Hitler? Or something oh, that's like, like that? the greatest website ever. <laughs> yeah, cats that look like Hitler is, in fact, the greatest website ever. Um, I am uh, so glad we've got you uh, on board. Oh, you mentioned that uh, OnStark Bruce had filed a report oh, yeah, yeah. in the so, comments. Uh, the, the we Onstark, asking about the, Keller Pilsner. The OnStark Bruce report, uh, what is a Keller Pilsner? The name refers to unfiltered beer straight from the cellar. Our Keller Pils is an unfiltered version of German Pilsner. Hazy, medium bodied with a bready malty flavor and floral hop bite, which I think is pretty much dead on the nose on that. Thank so, you. yeah, so a Keller means it came straight from the cellar, no filtering, uh, just right out yeah. of the uh, right out of the brew, brew tanks. So, yes. nice, all right, good, good. Well, it was delicious, and uh, I'm looking forward to trying some more of these things. Now, um, I called this blush, but it's not blush, is it? It's rosé. It's rosé. All right, so what's what's the difference for an uneducated wine person like So me? I think blush was a term that <laughs> came about when um, uh, when the big California producers were had way too much red Zinfandel and decided mm-hmm. to pull some off and sweeten it and sell it because mm-hmm. what else were they going to do with it? And they called it blush just because of the color. Um, and I, it, it's that since almost gone away. Um, it's all rosé now. Okay, well, makes you sense. can still find some of those old Sutter Home wines and Vidal's, and the you can still find some of those things. Um, and they might call it blush, a blush wine, mm-hmm. um, but I think it, it it just has a lot to do with the fact that they were trying to make something out of nothing. And rosé really is just a description of the color, right? It's not a particular right. Okay. Right. There's three different ways to make rosé. There's one called saignée. It's, in other words, if you're making red wine and before it steeps for too long, mm-hmm. they'll just pull some of the wine out that, at that color 
and call it rosé. The, the other uh, way is is just letting it sit on the skins and getting as dark as you okay. want it to right, right. before they pull it off. The other, the, the third way is, and this is only, you can only do this in champagne, is by adding red wine to white wine. Oh, interesting. Um, and you can't do that anywhere else other than, other than champagne, and so that's one way to do it. So this rosé is uh, a good one for Valentine's Day? Yeah, well, it's pink. Yeah, it works. Yeah. And not only that, rosé has made a real comeback, and a lot of people are making rosé, and a lot of of, uh, of wineries are making really good rosé. Um, speaking of really good rosé, there's a lot of really good wine in Texas. This comes from Texas. Oh, really? And where is this from? Texas. This is from the Lost Draw Cellars um, outside of Fredericksburg. Um, wow. It is a um, uh, it is a, a Morvedra Grenache blend, um, and um, and we're, I'm going to talk about those grapes again at another time. But I think it's um it's a beautiful um, way to do it. These grapes are, are perfect for the the Texas High Plains, mm-hmm. which is where these grapes come from, um, up near uh, Lubbock mm-hmm. area. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of grapes, Venice Vinifera wine grapes that are grown. Um, in that area, and this is, a, I think, a really great example of of how Texas can make really good rosé wine. I really What's, love this. So yeah. interestingly, like I was giving, I was nosing the wine, and um, it has a, a really nice, not overpowering, but sweetness to the nose. But then when you take a sip, it's a lot drier than you mm-hmm. expect. Yeah, and I think that surprises a lot of people who don't normally drink rosés. That rosé often isn't sweet. Right. Um, it's a lot drier than, than well, one there, might think. There is some sweetness here, but it, it's kind of offset by a little bit of tartness, too. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of keeps it from coming it's across sweet. as it's sweet. It's fruit sweet. It's not like sugar yes, sweet. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. that's and that's what you get there. A little tangerine, a little bit of um, of uh, 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 strawberries, some, maybe some grapefruit, some red, red grapefruit yeah, in there. Yeah, the strawberry is really, really strong in there. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of grapefruit not so much because that's the... the prominent taste but because of how if you peel away a grapefruit and you're just eating the pulp it's actually very sweet but you think of a grapefruit as being so tart right and this has a little bit of that that feel to it even though i agree with you the strawberry and and some of the other flavors are yeah and the strawberry is not like sweet strawberry flavored stuff it's not like strawberry strawberry shortcake bubble gum or something yeah which is always strawberry flavor but never tastes like strawberries this is very (laughs) much like strawberry essence like, well, and you get and th- you get a, a lot of the summer fruits in there, some watermelon in here, mm-hmm. and, some, and I, th- I think this is just a really great example of not only what Texas can do, but what what really good rosé. Well, this is this is really lovely. I, I could see this going down a little fast too. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had to put a little bit more in my glass just in, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you I know, might have to hit you up with that. <laughs> I think this might be one of the more enjoyable Texas wines that I've had. There's a lot of them out there. there. Yeah, I, I understand the really. A lot of the wineries are really kind of coming of age right now. Yeah, you know, um, d- during this whole p- pandemic thing, you know, I, I I like to get out and travel, but I haven't. Um, and so, you know, before I'd get a good long weekend and I'm off to Europe and tasting wines in, or uh, South America or whatever. Um, couldn't do that. So I took a road trip this year in October to, and visited some of these Texas um wineries that I've worked with for so many years and have supported for so many years, um, but have never visited. And, man, it's it's just like I'm in Europe or South America visiting these wineries. Um, they do such a great job over there. I'm a big, big fan of the things that are going on. with And, and at the Lodge, we have a great selection of really good Texas wines um, that will surprise everyone. Are Texas wines making any kind of inroads outside of Texas? 
A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah um, in fact, I have I have one on the list that um, you can only get at at the winery and at Rainbow Lodge, mm-hmm. um, and the other place that they sell is some place like in Vermont or Wisconsin or some place wow. up there. Yeah, wow. so it's getting it's getting there, but it's not you know just like um, uh, upstate New York wines or Virginia wines mm-hmm. or, or Arizona wines or or they're getting there. They're starting to move about, but. Uh, but you know, here they are in our backyard, and it's and it's an easy trip. I think the wine has such a such a history of not being an American thing too. Like right. until what was and it the eighties? When yeah, did really? California wine really come? And so on? I think there's a trust in the 70s, issue. I mean, like you know, until until the nineties, really, uh, beer was considered. Like you could only get good beer in Europe and things like that. It took right. a long time for trust to happen. And for people to start going, oh, we actually make great stuff here, and I think that I think that there's that's flipped in the beer world now. The Europeans absolutely. are looking at the United States mm-hmm. and going, that's where the great beer is happening. Absolutely, and I think that I think that maybe in the wine world we're going through a little bit of that kind of thing as well, where people well, have to learn to trust, uh, especially now when it's so expensive to get to get European wines that may have a tariff added onto it, or yeah. you know, what is your take? There were some. Much there was so much destruction with the California wildfires up in the um, uh, Napa area and the Sonoma area. What's your take on how that's going to affect California wines? Is it going to make them less available, more expensive? Have we lost some wineries that will never return? Um, we've lost a few that I think will return. Um, uh, a lot of these these wineries are are. It, it, it's more than a money maker thing for them. It's a sense right. of pride. It's, a it's an, it's an thing, art, yeah. you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I think you'll see those. What I think that how it will affect um, um, <clears throat> the consumer level is the fact that you, they, these wineries might have to skip a year. Right. You may they might not, not see have a 2017 or from, You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, and and so we think about those kinds of things and particularly we'll load up on this okay this was the last vintage they may have to skip a year or two if they're if their vi- mm-hmm. vines have been um decimated they may have to skip some time and but but i i believe that they'll be back there's a lot of good places. how long does it take from the time that you basically plant a vine until it's producing grapes that are good enough as a as a young vine to be yield, able yeah. To, yeah to be able it's to a work. bit of a subjective term I mean you can get you know if you're a big producer just wanting to push out juice then mm-hmm. two or three years but I think um, a, a lot of the craft wineries will say more like five to seven years I know uh, I've had some what the bottle has at least described as old vine Zinfandels <laughs> that have been just really terrific and it made me wonder is there is there something to the fact that the vines are more mature that produces a you know a it's better a lower flavor? Yield. Or, yeah, it's, oh, a lower it's a lower yield. yield. Okay. Um, the the fruit tastes a little bit different. So those mm-hmm. those those wineries who are who are sourcing from those vineyards might have to do something <clears throat> a, a little bit different to the winemaking process. They may not make as much. Um, there's a lot of Zinfandel in Northern California, and mm-hmm. that has been there for a long, long time. Um, Lodi specifically is, is a lot of those kind of. Of course, Lodi is full of yeah. Gallo folks, um, and um, and you can get you can get some really good Zin is a is an inexpensive grape. You can get a lot of that for not a lot of money, but it's not a regulated term. It right. doesn't it doesn't mean that it's beyond this many years. Quick Zinfandel question: I 
Zin is actually one of my more favorite red wine um, uh, styles of grapes. Uh, I was wondering, has there ever been a good white Zinfandel? Or is it by, by definition, is it kind of cheapened? All right. So, <laughs> because, because red, you know, red Zinfandels are just Zinfandels. I've yeah. had some that have been wonderful. So I kind of alluded to this before. The white Zinfandel came about when the folks at Sutter Home had way too much Zin and they couldn't they couldn't bottle couldn't it all. It all. They yeah. couldn't move it all. So what they did is they um, they pulled some of it out of the tank before it got too dark, um, and set it aside. And what are we going to do with this? We don't know. So they added sweeteners, um, and bottled it and sold it as it is. Um, and there were a few other producers that came along and started doing similar things. Uh, with it, but that term white Zinfandel has become known as that style yeah, of wine, right. and and it's I, I've never had one that was I mean I probably enjoyed some here or there, but I've never had one that I would say that was great wine. Well, you know, it's people got to start somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of like saying, "Is there good French beer?" Right. the The short answer is no. Yeah, the right. long answer is maybe Francis Connor. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 well, you know, I try, yeah. I try to stay away from these subjective terms because sure, no, you know what's I good know. for me doesn't doesn't. Well, mean... and, and someone may really. I mean, I know people who really love white Zinfandel, but but I still don't feel like there's any that I would recommend. I'll tell you this: I don't have any at the li- on the list of the. Okay. Watch. Well, th- th- I think that's that's a good way to put it, right? There you go. That's a good way to put it. Uh, Ian, let's let's do some tangerine uh, here. Yes, this sir. is the bread of tangerine from uh, Firestone Walker. Uh, when I was in, um, when I have to open the cage like this, I feel like I'm doing something special. Yeah, and you are. You're doing something for humanity. Is is the way I would look at it. When I was in uh, California, I spent a month working out there a couple of summers ago, and it was the first time I was familiar with Firestone Walker, but it was the first time I'd had their. Nice. Is it is it eight oh five? Now I forget. Is it eight oh five? Eight oh five. Yes. Eight oh five. Every place that I went out to, every restaurant, every bar. They had it on tap. It was almost like Shiner Bach mm-hmm. uh, used to be uh, in, in Texas. That's great. And everybody was drinking. So I tried it. I was like, this is really good. And it's really a very simple beer, but it's almost like the the ubiquitous California beer. And so I really got into uh, tasting a lot of other Firestone Walker things and have discovered that they just don't really do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they good. are just very, well, very they consistent. The, um, but this is, this is a specialty. They have some of their special them. stuff like the uh, Velvet Merkin and... Uh, mm-hmm. The and what? Velvet Merkin <laughs> and, and quite a few other ones. It is ones. what it is. Okay. <laughs> but they, they also do... Um, uh, the Luponic Distortion yes, series, yes. which is uh, an ever-changing series of IPAs, some of which are just wildly experimental and interesting, and uh, and then and, and and those are good, and then some of them are just absolutely delicious. But this is even more special. This is a more expensive bottle, and it's a uh, it's a, well, you saw the little our, uh, champagne cork in the gauge. So. Our region is blessed with an abundance and variety of fresh fruits south of Barrel Works in the hills surrounding the hamlet of Ojai. There are groves of citrus, oranges, lemons, grapefruits, and tangerines. We've been lucky enough to work with the Ojai na- Native uh, Friends Ranches, specialize, who specialize in tangerines. Friends um, offered the W. Mercot tangerine, which we zested for aroma, juiced for flavor, and then fermented with our base beer of bread of ice to create a metamorphosis brought to life was the Breda tangerine, a bountiful bouquet of citrus mangle- mingles with 
pronounced herbal notes leading to funky, yeasty, citrus flavors, soft cereal, oak aromas enveloped by a firm acidity and tartness and punctuated by zesty tangerine. The finish is dry and crisp, a thoroughly enjoyable beverage, Sante. This uh, on the nose comes across like a wild ale or like a farmhouse, which I wasn't necessarily, expect, necessarily expecting. I was thinking we'd be oh, more a little like, like a, a Berliner Weiss. Which but usually yeah, you some can farmhouse, smell the sour a little bit. Yeah, there's some farmhouse funk in there. So I'd be really interested to see if that translates to the flavor. Love it. Mm. I'm totally for this. Well, you to- you get a lot more tangerine on the on the palate than you do on the nose, for sure. Wow. This just makes your whole mouth water in crazy ways. Now, this is a much more... Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it's a it's a much bigger, more robust style of beer. How does this one strike you? Because you're 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 self-professed not a big you know complex beer guy. No, and one of the things that I like most about wine is the acidity. Mm-hmm. So this one's singing to me. This one's oh, all nice. in the name. Oh, um, it's clear. The yeast is clear on the nose, and mm. then it it finishes quite quite yeasty on it. But that that sourness, that that distinctly tangerine. Mm-hmm. So it got. I I think about other Berliner Weiss like the um, like the raspberry AF from um, from Saint Arnold, Saint Arnold yeah. which is a wonderful beer. It's got the sour, but it does not have that little touch of farmhouse funk that this has. No, this has just a little yeah. bit of that farmhouse funk to it. So this anybody that's really into wild ales or, or styles like that, this would definitely be one to try because it'll be a little bit different, but it's got enough that it'll, as Mark says, it'll sing to you. Uh, and it's singing to me did right now. Did you find this, this local? I did not, but I think I have since seen it local. Uh, so I think you can find. I know that Firestone Walker is carried. At Specs has got quite a bit of mm-hmm. uh, Firestone Walker. Uh, the last I'll have time to I go by and look. I have a but friend of this, mine. I'm sure was a limited release. So I have one friend that enjoys sour ales as much as I do, mm-hmm. and I think <clears> I'm going to have to pick up some of this to have. By the way, did you notice the little tangerine chunks? Yeah, there's sediment in the bottom. of them. Oh, I did not. So that's really? tangerine. Nice. Fantastic. I would, mm. I would assume. Very nice. Like the little, um, the little pieces. The it could be yeast bodies. Cells. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really. I'll tell you what, it's very complex and very interesting. It's not a, a drink it down fast in the summer when you're thirsty kind of beer. It's a sit and sip and enjoy and talk about it kind of beer. And I love you those. know when I when I read the uh, style, I probably should have rolled the bottle a little bit <laughs> and spread it around. What was the alcohol very, very content good. on this one? Uh, I you know I didn't I think it's in the neighborhood of twelve. Uh, Six point two actually. Six point two. Oh, oh wow, very wow. sessionable. Wow. And I, and I guess that makes sense because the farm ales aren't necessarily super high and this alcohol content. bottled uh, um, May 1st, uh, 2018. And Berliner Weiss is, um, oh, that's interesting. So this has been around for a this little while. This has been in the bottle for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it doesn't Weiss, mean that it's released always at that time, but that's that's when it hit the bottle at least. Berliner Weiss typically only runs about 4 to 5%, I think. The um, Yeah, generally the, Berliner uh, Weisses are not big. I remember the boiler room uh, from St. Arnold. That, it was like 4.5. Yeah, it was like 4.5, What I a recall. great beer that was. Uh, I miss it. I hope they bring it back as a specialty. You can still get it. It's just got raspberry in it now. Yeah. Because it's, it's the it's raspberry. Yeah, yeah. And it's wonderful. But it's also but yeah. more expensive. Remember the? Yeah, uh, I remember those big bombers were like four dollars. The bombers were four, yeah, four dollars and fifty cents for the yeah. Berliner Weiss. It was so good. Mm-mm. Yeah, this is. This was more than four dollars. 
I don't remember exactly how okay, much it was. I accidentally spilled more into my glass. <laughs> it, that happens. <laughs> At least right. the spill was localized. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so while Ian takes care of the spillage, uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back. One more wine to try, and guess what? It's just about time for Drinking News. Let me play us out. Drinking news, drinking news. It's just about time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Get them while they're hot, get them while they're cold. Uh, great cigar shirts for you and everybody that you know that likes cigars. And they're not expensive and they're awesome shirts too. So check them out. They are a sponsor of the show. So we appreciate their support and hope you will do so as well by supporting MyCigarShirts.com, and you'll love what you get. Uh, Mark Burrell is our guest. He is from uh, the Rainbow Lodge here in Houston, although he's got a history. By the way, I don't. did I tell you the story that you, when you were at the Backstreet Cafe, um, I think was when I met you for the very first time because that was my wife and I's first, like, official date. Oh, at, at the Backstreet. <laughs> uh, at the Backstreet. And I believe you recommended a wine, uh, which totally makes sense because that's what you do. Uh, but I think you were sitting at a table uh, close by just like with some friends and we said hello to you. But you probably don't remember me. But uh, anyway, uh, you're, uh, it, was, it was a good night. Oh, good. And you helped make it possible. Perfect. So, <laughs> so thank you. Um, so Mark is with the uh, Rainbow Lodge now. And uh, you've been there for how long? Uh, five and a half yeah, years. Good, yeah, good long while. Yeah, yeah so I love uh, it. There's no reason for me to go anywhere else. That, this place is great. That's so great when you get into that situation where you're like, this is this is where I want to be. Found you know? home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really a wonderful thing. So he'll be uh, talking to us about a red here in a few moments. Mm -hmm. But Mark, this is actually you have not been on the show since we started our smoking and toast smoking and toasting tradition of a segment we like to call drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked him about his missing arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, <laughs> drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> well, welcome to Drinking News. It's, it's a two-pronged Drinking News today. I actually have two stories. As we often say, Drinking News is not necessarily always news story about drinking, but it's always a story that might be the now, most now, interesting. Now, what was your teaser line when you for are this? drinking? Well, and, and that's going to be the second story. The teaser one, line was not available at MyCigarShirts.com. Okay. But first, there is a bit of news about actual drinking that I just wanted to mention. If you were watching the Super Bowl... This uh, this Sunday, you saw an ad for Jeep with Bruce Springsteen behind the wheel. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. Well, apparently, it's been a bit of a hubbub uh, surrounding the boss uh, because it's come to light that just a couple of months ago, back in November, uh, he was actually busted in New Jersey for DWI. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, because that's about drinking, I thought we would just. 
Yeah, sorry about that. So the ads, <laughs> the ads no longer running, and uh, and that's that is what it is. I just I just thought I would mention it. Taking the boss down before we go. Yeah, you know, uh, but it, who knows? It could inspire a whole musical renaissance now. Yeah, you know, because the boss always needs a little extra inspiration to put out his best stuff. There's so that. His next his, album. His next album is called Where Did I Park My Jeep? <laughs> I, I'd buy it. <laughs> I'd buy it. All right. So now to get to our main drinking news story. <clears throat> A Florida man. Drinking oh. news. <laughs> we love when they start with that. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man definitely did not visit mycigarshirts.com, but he did visit some place somewhere. And bought a very interesting shirt, which he wore to his court appearance. I had to go back to 2014 for this story, but it was totally worth it. (laughs) (laughs) The man wore a shirt for his day in court after he had been uh, picked up by the Broward County Sheriff's Office for having his license plate obstructed. He went to court wearing a T-shirt that said, F the police. (laughs) 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 Only, Only it didn't just say F. Uh, so, yes, he did not buy that at MyCigarShirts.com. <laughs> I mean, the shirts are snarky, but uh, uh, but not that. Here's the thing. He he, he won the case. <laughs> I don't know why or how or if it would even be possible to win a case while you're wearing an F the Police shirt in court. But the guy won and was cleared of any wrongdoing for his obstruction. Uh, okay, so I, I want to back up for a second because... Yeah. Kudos to the judge for a moment there. If you can mm-hmm. ignore that shirt, yeah, that's and and judge a case fairly while a man's standing in your court, clearly wearing a shirt to disrupt, yeah, the proceedings. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of like I've always said this uh, about, and it, it may not be as big a deal now, but the people that put the marijuana leaf bumper sticker on their car, aren't you? Just, isn't that maybe not? the smartest idea i mean you know wear the t-shirt if you want to if you want to like (laughs) uh, if you want to like show off and stuff but on your car aren't you just asking to be stopped and maybe again maybe not so much now but right next to that club 100 sticker yeah right exactly i was uh uh, driving to louisiana (laughs) at one point and i was going across the ashafalaya causeway you know which is like this 20 mile long bridge yeah and um and the, this car comes up behind me, and he's honking and flashing lights, and he gets around me, and then he slows down, and like won't let me get by him. And then ah, they're just they're just being jerks, right? And the mm-hmm. bumper sticker on the back of his car says "Bad Cop, No Donut." Oh. And then he takes off, right? <laughs> and you can see him do this to a few other cars, and he's weaving in and out of traffic. And five miles later, there he is on the side of the road. And his face is mashed up against the uh, trunk of his car, <laughs> right next to the bad cop. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I've often wondered if you would get stopped if you had a bumper sticker that said "There's a body in the trunk." You know, like would they just laugh it off? You know, uh, with my last band, I wanted to name one of our albums "Junk in the Trunk," and it was just going to have like an old Oldsmobile with the trunk lid open. <laughs> I love it. It's going to have like some black trash bags and some. Duct tape yeah, or maybe I a garden it. tool or I something. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, there is... No Tawny Katane. <laughs> Tawny Katane dancing across the... <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, there is your drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. We had time for drinking news. 
And maybe that was a miscalculation on our part. It could have been. I don't know. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> um, uh, Mark Burrell, thank you so much for coming in today, and thank you for bringing wine. And so I abs- I loved the uh, the white. The rosé was just that Stunning, was just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really was. And if you had, if I'd guessed, that wouldn't necessarily be the one that I think that I would be raving the most about. But then again, I haven't had the red. What are it's we? A, the, that particular wine surprises a lot of people for two different reasons. First of all, it's rosé. I, I went and, back for seconds. Yeah, a lot. It spilled. A <laughs> lot of people. My glass. A lot of people think. First of all, I don't want <clears> anything <throat> sweet. I just rosé is not my thing. Number two, you'd be surprised at the the, the the feedback I get when I try to offer a Texas wine. Um, nah, I don't think we're not going to do Texas wine. Interesting. Wines, but, but there's still a stigma, huh? Uh, and I love it. It's a trust issue. Yep. There's some really great t- Texas wine. Carlos is like, get to it. Yeah. Let's have some Bandol. <laughs> you know, sorry, Carlos. Bandol. Oh yeah, he mentioned it earlier on the uh, Bandol. On the... I've had Bandol wines. They're they're really impressive. What yeah, I've had. they really yeah. are. So Bandol is a little little region in the very southern end of France, uh, between Nice and Marseille, mm-hmm. in a um, the way that the states work in France. There's a, there's a a bigger state, and then within those okay. are smaller states like state and county kind of thing. This is from an area called Var in Provence. Um, and um, uh, Bandol, uh, Appalachian law says that it has to, the reds have to be at least 50%, 50%, I think, 50 or 60% Morvedra, which is a, a thick-skinned, inky, black-skinned uh, grape mm-hmm. that produces this rather dark It's a very dark wine, wine. yes. Um, but what you get from something like this is not it, – it's – it's kind of like it's the, the bark is worse than the bite, mm-hmm. uh, because yes, it looks dark and it, it looks, looks intimidating, but it's not. It has um, it has this kind of it, where this wine where it changes and it changes frequently, hmm. um, and and throughout the the but not in a bad way. It starts off really wonderful and it just gets better from there. Hmm. Interesting, and uh, I didn't ask this about the rosé, so we'll ask it about the rosé mm-hmm. and this. What do these run on the menu? Ah, rosé. All the rosés on our list, 39 bucks. Wow. Wow. I didn't I didn't want to um, have price be an issue when you uh, a factor Italy, when you were yeah. when mm-hmm. you were choosing from the six or seven different rosé we had. And and these are also really perfect for Valentine's Day too yep. because you're able to uh, um, you know, able to maybe order a second bottle. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. At, so, you know, at 40 bucks it's an easy thing to do. One of the up. things you've done every time uh, you've been on the show is you've always Brought in stuff that's very attainable, very affordable, mm-hmm. without having to be afraid to look at the um, price, right? Well, or and, ask, well, which is even worse, you know. And having a little bit of information about mm-hmm. it, and saying, you know, hey, I know this is going to be good, and be able to walk in and confidently order a bottle of wine is worth way more than going, give me something expensive, you know. I mean, or mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it also takes out a bit of the conversation, the uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. I have to ask when they're like, okay, I'd like something reasonable. Well, what does that mean? Right, is reasonable a hundred dollars or is reasonable thirty dollars? And so you know? I have to say, oh, and we can start at fifty dollars, we can go up to you know. Two thousand dollars, right? But I need to know kind of yeah. what it is that what you're is looking your for, range? and mm-hmm. then I'm happy to have the, to continue the conversation. Oh, hey, great! Now, do you like something lighter body, a fuller right. body kind of thing? This one sits kind of almost in the middle, a little heavier than than medium bodied, um, and it has a lot to do with with the varietals and the blend and how they're treated and how they're aged. This wine, uh, the vintage is 2016, so it's got a good five years on it um, when it was harvested. Um, and it's and it's a, I call this the my, every 
everybody loves it middle of the road kind of thing. My sister Jill has these in her house. Mm. Carlos comes and has these at the at the lodge um, all the time. It's a really great bottle for sixty two dollars on the list. Great. Yeah, oh. we've I mean, like I say we've I've got some things that are expensive and and you know fortunately the lodge people are willing to spend a lot of money but. For a, a really great price, this is the, a really great value, and I think this drinks more like a hundred dollar bottle. It it really is a sort of a high shelf type of yep. uh, type of wine, and there's a grape flavor in here. It's it's definitely grape, but I don't remember tasting that particular flavor in other red wines that I've had. Yeah, it's kind of plummy. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. almost yeah. plummy. Absolutely, yeah. Also, it's really delicious. The aftertaste on this is so oak. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, oak. Yeah, you get some oak there. And not only that, but you also get uh, some grip. You get a little, <clears throat> it's not so overly tannic that it's going to throw a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. But there is a little bit of structure. There is a little bit of grip there. And there's a little tannic like, kick at the back end that is really pleasant. So I just wanted to mention this. That I feel like when you go to a place like, like your restaurant or other similar restaurants wherever people live, where you've got somebody that is basically manning the wines, that knows what they're doing and, and where the wine list is carefully curated, right? Mm -hmm. um, this is always a great time to ask, if that person's working, ask them to come over and ask questions about the kind of wines that you're not familiar with. You've had a Cabernet Sauvignon. You've had a yep. Merlot. And I'm not saying you don't have great ones on the menu, but you wouldn't try something like this just from seeing its name on the menu necessarily if you weren't familiar with the winery or you weren't familiar with or it wasn't recommended in some and that's, way and that's true um la Friend, the the producer of this particular bottle is um it's not a well-known uh producer mm -hmm. bandal is not a very well-known region hell morvet is not the very well-known grape and so there's a lot going against this right so but if you told me yeah or if I described what I like and you said, I got something that's going to be, then I wouldn't be afraid to try it. It's it's just sometimes you go, well, it's 60 bucks. That's not like the most expensive bottle of wine on the menu, but I don't want to spend 60 bucks on something I might not enjoy. Well, and, and the thing is, is that you, you may have been pre fully prepared to spend $100. Right. And you're like, all right, I'm going to drop 100 bucks on a bottle, and it better damn well be good. Mm -hmm. But you have a conversation with me, and I can say, great, no problem. I can make you happy for 62 Mm. That's and that's why I you brought it. up you, a really great point. If there's someone out there in your favorite restaurant like me, there's someone who does curate the list where that's what they do. Take advantage of Absolutely. their knowledge, you know. Ask, because, call me over, ask right. me to the table, and I'm happy to, to and, give you something. And you're not gonna try. You're not gonna recommend something unless you think the person is gonna like it based on what they're telling you. I mean, that's the happiness for you is recommending something that people like, not just going, yep. yeah, I'll sell a bottle of this stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, because while I like it all and I'm not gonna recommend something that I don't well, like, I also want to make sure that you're happy and, mm -hmm. and there's I think depending on your uh the the people mm -hmm. that go to your restaurant on a regular basis understand what you do there. But people who don't, I think sometimes there's a much like going into any uh, retail shop, there's a, well, they're just trying to sell me something vibe. Yeah. Cigar right, shops right. get this all the time. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, of course they're trying to sell you something. It's their job. Right. You walked into a store. What do you expect them to do? But here's the truth that you're not looking at, is when you walk into that shop, they're trying to sell you something that you like and will come right. back for. They're not trying to sell you the most expensive thing. They want you to come back to that shop 
as often as possible. Right. With so my, they're going to sell you what you're looking for in the price range you're looking for. It doesn't do me any good to sell you something no, that's out of your price range. Absolutely because guess not. what? That that guy at the, at the line, I'm not going back over there. He's jipped me out of $200 when I really only wanted to spend this. I want you to come back. Perhaps the next time you come, you'll trust me well enough to go, all right, I'm willi- mm-hmm. willing to spend a little bit more. You did such a great right, job. You did me. a great job at 62. Yep. What can I get for 100 you what bet. can i get for i'm gonna really splurge what can i get for 200 mm-hmm. or 250 you yeah. know yeah I, I think that's awesome and that's that's uh, got to be a, uh, an ice that you have to break with certain people sometimes yeah. i'm sure that you have to kind of create that comfort level all right while ian pours the barrel aged we heavy and uh, Ian, i want you to look at that can uh, for a moment because this is how you know it's a specialty <laughs> beer they used a can at no label for one of their other beers it looks like you know, can shortages have been a real thing during the <laughs> they pandemic. Just covered the, they basically the just label. covered a Westheimer uh, can with the uh, label for the Wee Heavy. I just thought that was interesting. I didn't notice it actually until I was putting it in the bag for the show, and I thought it says Westheimer <laughs> at the top. Yeah, uh, but that has nothing so this to has do a with barrel. This, this has a barrel on it with a smoking gun sitting on top of it. <laughs> I love so it. I'm totally interested in this. Yeah. Well, while you open that up, I just wanted to ask uh, Mark this question: if if I'm just going to go all out and I'm going to spend north of $1,000 for a bottle of wine. Some I right? won the lottery stuff. Yeah, some I won the lottery stuff. Or like I'm on a date with a girl I really want to impress. Yeah, something. Um, am I going to get – obviously, if a bottle of wine is $1,000 it's or, or more, it's not at that price because they can't command that for it. In other words, nobody's nobody's going to price a wine really high and then leave it at that price when nobody's buying it, right? Right, right. Yeah, so eventually the the wine will find its place in the market like everything does. But am I getting a $1,000 experience? Is it going to be better than if I got two bottles of a $500 I'm going to say yes and no, and here's why. Okay. If you are um, – if, if you find something that is either rare – Mm-hmm. Um, or hard to find, um, and I just happen to have that bottle. I've got a few of those, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that you've been looking for for a long time. You're like, wow, he's got ABC, and I can't believe he's got it. Why don't we splurge and get it? Yes, absolutely, your day is going to be made mm-hmm. um, by con- being able to consume that bottle. Because it's part of the experience, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you're just like, uh, you know what, I've got a grand to spend, and you've got a $1,500 Pinot, but I really like Cab, I'll take it, just to say that I have. You may not enjoy it as, as much as you'd like. As just much be- as the dollars would yeah. indicate. Yeah. Well, I know, like, with cigars, you look at, like, a $16 cigar, and you say, am I going to like this as much as two of my favorite $8 cigars? But then there are times when you go, the experience of having that $16 cigar is, even though it's only one versus two of something I know I really like, but just the experience, the sort of specialness of that, if you you are able to smoke it in that type of a situation, uh, is worth it. And so I would guess that applies to the wine. If you enjoyed it. Right. But I guess that applies to the wine as well. Yeah. Same thing. If you're you're a cab guy and you order a $1,500 Pinot for me... You yeah. may not like it. Right. It may not feel like it was worth it. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, if you're, if it's a bottle 
that you've been looking for, mm-hmm. and oh my God, he's got it. If you it. really want Domain Della Romani Conti, Eschazo 2015, yes, I can help you. Okay, good. And can I, I gotcha. Uh, do you have layaway? Does anybody even still do layaway anymore? Is that even a thing? JC Penney's around? I just remember when I was like, you know, in my early 20s, like layaway was a big deal. You know, you'd go to, yeah, JC Penney and put it on layaway. That's right. Show up and get it later. But I don't know if that works. That was your boombox, man. (laughs) That's absolutely right. So uh, I just, I want to say. This is is definitely barrel aged. I can smell that on the nose. Yeah, I want to say bourbon. Yeah. Toffee. Yeah, lots of toffee. Uh, it's got it. It's got <laughs> I don't know how this face. is going to work for you. Yeah. He's looking well, at it, it pretty hard. Here's, here's why. Because there is a there's an odor that comes from a corked bottle of wine that is not too far off from what this smells like. Interesting. But you, now you do like bourbon, though. I do absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is interesting because I can see. I'm betting you're not going to like this. That's going to be my, that's going to be my guess. Okay, so so once I get over that corked, I I get some of the candy that that mm-hmm. um, caramelly can, mm. candied. Definitely caramel and toffee for sure. Ian, what's your take on this? It's a thinner mouthfeel than I was expecting, based uh, a on little the bit. smell. I like the lack of carbonation in it. Mm-hmm. I like how silky kind of silky kind of yummy it is mm-hmm. uh, without the carbonation. I like the uh, the big date. Kind of, it's got mm-hmm. big date, yes. Big date notes in it. Uh, sherry, it tastes like sherry. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah, and then uh, toffee finish on this, and coffee a little bit going on back there, and then that oak, uh, and some of that oak might be left over from that previous, uh, from that bandol that we had that was delicious. But, and then there's kind of just a bourbon layer it's, across it's the very whole top boozy. of this. It's very boozy for sure. Bread. I'm getting bready. It's oh yes, really bready. Bread, baking spice. Yeah. Uh, that flour on the top mm-hmm. of the crust of the bread. Rising sort of, dough kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I oh. I like it. It's definitely. It's definitely not as heavy of a mouthfeel as, like a, a a stout would be or something else in this kind of barrel aged situation. Uh, but it's good. And here's a thought to consider too. This is a big beer. First mm-hmm. off, it's twelve point three percent, and we just followed a pretty big, a pretty big wine line. with yeah. it, and we can still distinguish and the half. flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we can still distinguish the flavors of the beer through it. And I wonder how much of that wine influences on here. Um, oh, it's a very interesting question. Because I still have perhaps I should revisit it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm curious actually. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna have to. Oh, here. So we do this a lot I'm with have spirits. To spill a little bit more because wine. we generally save our biggest beer for last, and by then we've usually sampled the spirit that we're doing on the show. And today we're doing wine instead of spirits, but every now and then they don't work together. But often the spirit and the larger beer really complement each other. So it's interesting to see if wine would would uh, would work that way. You know, they don't they don't fight each other really. No, they don't. It's interesting because it adds kind of a. Um, that, a, a date note to the uh, wine. That rich yes. blue flavor that you get from both of them, mm-hmm. that, that kind of purpley. You know, I, I thought that earlier, and I thought I was nuts. No, I, I know, thought about I the color I blue when love, I took a sip of this. I just love that you describe flavors <laughs> with colors. Oh, absolutely. Because that, that just works for me. And I, I also like describing flavors sometimes as round. Mm-hmm. Like the flavor is round, sure. like, and sometimes people look at me like I'm crazy, but but <laughs> I, I just I just don't know how how else to say it because you can certainly discern something that is red fruit versus blue fruit versus <laughs> right, black right. fruit. That makes sense. I just I just want to hark back to uh, Bruce 
My ex-wife used to put things in layaway for me and give me the tickets so she'd get what she wanted for Christmas. <laughs> Smart man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Well, we got to take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Uh, what a uh, what a great. So these lines are all, I think, very romantic, very perfect for mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. So we'll just hit the uh, names of each one of them when we come back, and uh, and we'll wrap up the show and talk about what's to come, guys. I'm going out to buy seltzer next week. There's a little bit of plum in this beer, too. Yeah. There is a little plum in it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. The hard seltzer blind taste test is coming. It's going To on. smoking and toasting. All right, do I need to pick it's up some, too? Yeah, we'll talk about it, because uh, uh, we're going to have to buy a lot of seltzer. I, I got to... Uh... And you'll have to take some of it home, because we're going to have way extra leftover seltzer. Well... So like a look. friend of mine told me the first time I brewed beer, if you make one and it's good, we will enjoy it and get drunk. If it's not good, we will get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back in smoking and toasting. <laughs> that was an interesting back and forth, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, like the, 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 you're right, the dates are very well pronounced, but not until Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. It's show number 221. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out online and buy something to support our sponsor because... Cigars. cigars. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cigars, a couple I mentioned we were going to tell you about a couple to watch for. There's a couple of... Uh, the return of a seasonal cigar uh, that has just shipped to stores, and that is the Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan. Oh, that yeah. is the barber pole with the green mm-hmm, uh, with the candela, candela uh, in the in the wrapper. So it is perfect for St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up. By the way, and, buy uh, candela cigars; they're great. Yeah, they really are. It's a wonderful departure from what you're usually smoking, and you'll really enjoy it. Uh, buy Especially a good one, the uh, La Palermo. There yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, and then also, uh, there's a very interesting um, cigar coming from CAO, who I used to love CAO cigars, uh, and I still think they're very good. Uh, but after they got uh, bought by one of the big uh, tobacco companies, I felt like maybe they were a little less spectacular. Still solid, but not as spectacular. They've had a couple of things that I've really loved. The Flathead uh, uh, mm-hmm. series has been really good. Uh, but they've got one coming out, and I was looking at a photo of this, uh, of a box of these cigars online, and it just looks delicious. It's called the Mortal Coil. I'm sorry, Siri uh, thought I was summoning her for some reason. Uh, it's called the Mortal Coil, uh, and it is from um, a, a line called Arcana from CAO. Uh, it's going to be a six and an eighth by 50, and it features Andulo tobacco in the filler. Uh, the word coil is apparently a reflection of the Andulo, which is a kind of a rustic leaf that undergoes a special fermentation uh, process where it's rolled into long cylinders and then tightly wrapped in palm tree pods and hung up like a sausage. Oh, wow. Which sounds, I just thought this sounded really interesting. After two years, the leaves turn into dense logs of concentrated tobacco that they say is typically sweet in uh, character. Uh, so the Arcana uh, and then the size called the Mortal Coil uh, is uh, on its way to your favorite cigar store uh, this week. So something you might uh, nice. something you might watch for. So um, Mark Burrell has been our special guest today. Mark, you absolutely killed it with these wines, and I'm just going to ask for a little more of that rosé. Yeah, that of was course. just. I mean, they were all really good. And and uh, we asked Mark to bring in some wines that he would recommend for Valentine's Day. And uh, you know, Valentine's Day is 
you know, one of those holidays. I still think that it's not a real holiday, that it was actually made up by Hallmark <laughs> cards. Um, but nonetheless, there are certain expectations, right? I said to my wife, I said, you know, we're not going to do presents for Valentine's, but we will go and have a nice dinner somewhere. So then it's going to be on me to order something awesome for, you know, something awesome to drink. Will you, so, will you share where you're having, where you're going? Um, yes, we're planning to go to uh, Papa Steakhouse yeah, right up the street very from nice. us. Yeah. We actually went there on an anniversary several years ago and actually sat at the bar and ate and drank martinis, and it was wonderful. So Fantastic. that's uh, that's the plan. They, um, I'll just, you know, I, I realize it's a quasi chain, but they had one of the better steaks I've had in a long time. So, uh, and, and that's competing with B&B, which is uh, they do a great uh, job, which is tough. So, me and the wife are going to Watershed. Watershed, yeah. Watershed. That's Watershed. a buddy of mine's restaurant. We need to go there, by the way, and do a show on their patio when the weather's a little nicer. Okay, I like it. And we've got to go back to the Rainbow Lodge, too. Both, Love to have you. I, I've got to go back for a dinner as well as we got to go back uh, for a show. But I had the elk the last time I was there. Oh, yeah. And it was spectacular. I never, I'd never, I, I, I won't say I'd never tasted it before, but I'd never ordered it as my entree before it's it's it was one of the reasons you, you go to the lodge to wonderful. have something like oh. that because you can't well, get and, that anywhere and you guys right. have the uh the the mixed game uh yes. skewer yes. right well that we have two, we have two the... different things we've got a smaller version for like an appetizer where you get like a little taste of a mm -hmm. few different mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and then you can have that for dinner you can have and it comes with like a, a of quail and a wild boar chop and some yeah. depending on what's on the menu some venison some elk so if you go in there that's you what go, I did the first time I want to try there. something yeah. different but I don't know what I want that's okay. that's the one of everything and, so and it's speak. one of our best sellers and yeah. that's perfect for me because that's I always have menu paralysis because everything looks good yeah it's great I can usually like maybe eliminate one or two things but everything else looks good it's you know tough. the thing is that a lot of people don't don't consider seafood at the lodge but i see that the the fish the fresh fish come in every day mm -hmm. and it's what i have almost daily and it's and it's a really great option at the lodge if you're not so meaty mm. Mm. and i'm and just on, thinking uh, about like a really great grilled fish you know oh, it's so uh, good and on the uh, flip side if you're keto person it's a perfect place to go yeah it's yeah. a lot of meat you know right a lot of meat and not so much with the uh with the starches if you're so. vegan we might have some i could make something for you we're gonna yeah. dine under a dead animal yeah right yeah that's <laughs> sorry that's gonna be a thing that's going yeah, to be a thing you have all the, all the <laughs> they don't call it rainbow lodge for nothing so <laughs> that's right. right so well it is a wonderful place to go and we've always had great experiences there and if you're inviting us we will be back absolutely the warm, you bet uh to do a show on the balcony that'll be uh, that'll be absolute fun um but anyway thanks for bringing in let's yeah. recap the wines for sure. me real quick so we started in california in paso robles um i don't know if i talked about this this region just south of the bay area um between santa barbara county and mm -hmm. and and monterey county mm -hmm. um it's a, is, it's a good wine area it's beautiful it? yeah. it's it's one of the more stunning parts of california it's really beautiful this yes, is love it. the onion from minor family um on the list at 43 dollars. we move into texas uh, the high plains of texas Texas, where mm -hmm. these grapes are sourced from a, um, a winery based out of Fredericksburg, Lost Draw. This is their this High is Plains great. Rosé. It's delicious. Wish I could remember the theme for High Plains Drifter. <laughs> I'd play it on the ukulele. <laughs> you know, next, maybe perhaps next time we'll bring all Texas wines. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that sounds like a show. Like absolutely, a Texas yeah. I'm happy show. to do That's that for you. I've got lots. Love that. Yeah, and, and happy to chat about it. Um, and then we've talked about we're talking about Bandol. This is from Domain Lesser Friend. 
Um, I, it's always been a favorite of mine. I've been a bandol. And if you if you know me, you follow me on Instagram or or, or Twitter, you know that I'm a bandol guy. And so I couldn't not expose mm-hmm. you, especially for Valentine's, well, for to bandol. Yeah, these were all spectacular. The one that surprised me the most was the rosé, uh, but the bandol is just. Yeah. I, I mean that that was exceptional. That had a flavor to it. That I don't know if I've quite tasted that mm-hmm. that grapeiness before. It makes before. me want steak and tomatoes. It sure does. Or how about elk and tomatoes? Elk and tomatoes. Yeah. What What's the most unusual meat that you serve? So we don't we don't try to get kitschy with it. Right, You're not right. going to get you know rattlesnake or right, right. camel for, <laughs> right. at, at the lodge. It's right. just not going to happen. But but we're able to get um, uh, antelope, elk. Um, the the nil guy is 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 real popular when we can mm-hmm. when we get it. There's always buffalo on the menu. Mm-hmm. There's always a buffalo special, um, and I think it's not necessarily the novelty of the of the the obscurity of the meat. It's the fact that oh, I've had uh, buffalo, or like you said, you probably have had elk before, but just you didn't know where to where to get it or how right, to have right, it. Right. That's what you do when you come to the lodge. You come in and you have some. So it's like a that. nice treat. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, let's sure. do something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on helping us prepare for Valentine's Day and uh, for bringing such awesome wines. And uh, we want to say a quick thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel, our producer, for keeping everything uh, flowing today. And uh, Ian, this is this is two days in a row I've been drinking with you. We were, on, <laughs> we were on Chris Hart's show yesterday uh, enjoying some fine... Uh, this is, this is not the worst week I've had. No, it is definitely not. And it's good to see you again. Uh, folks, we'll be back with you next week. I believe uh, I'll, I'll maybe put out something on Facebook during the week. But the plan as of now is hard seltzer blind taste test next week. And, of course, our friend Chris Hart will be joining us soon. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers y'all.